Hello, everybody. Good evening and welcome to another edition of It's About Us. I'm your host, Rush Darwish, and a Ramadan Mubarak for so many people who are observing, uh, not just in Chicago, uh, but around the country. I am one of them, and I can tell you right now, uh, Ramadan is a beautiful time for so many families um, who will fast from sunrise to sunset. It is uh, the ultimate sacrifice uh, where people are always looking to give back. And I can tell you that with COVID-19, it's a rough time for a lot of families because this is a time where uh, family and friends come together. It's also a time when family and friends give back. And the COVID-19 has definitely put a strain on so many people. So I, I wish you all the best for those who are observing, and we welcome you to this program. Uh, COVID-19 continues to plague this country. 56,000 deaths nationwide, and we are broadcasting this program. Uh, you know, I give the date, it's April 28th, and um, every show we do, sadly, the numbers continue to go up. In the state of Illinois, 48,000 cases, uh, over 2,000 people have been killed, 2,219 people, and every person counts. Uh, I think what's happening now is that we're receiving mixed messages. In the state of Illinois, if you were just put in this, the box of this state only and you listen to Mayor Lightfoot, you listen to Governor Pritzker, uh, the message is clear and it is one single message, and that is to stay home. Uh, businesses are closed, and we have to make sure that we stay quarantined until uh, we are convinced that the numbers are going to go down and not continue to go up. Some people aren't happy about it, but by and large, most people like myself have made the decision to listen to leadership. But I think we have a situation where that's what's happening in the state of Illinois, but we're not blind. I mean, we're, we're also on the Internet, and we see what's happening. Not every state is following those orders. I mean, if we're told in the state of Illinois to stay home, but in states like Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, um, they're now starting to open up. And May 1st, uh, those states I just mentioned, most of the businesses are going to open up. And even if you are paying attention just recently, this past weekend, Huntington Beach in California, uh, beaches in Jacksonville, parks in uh, different parts of the country have opened up. And we've seen images of thousands of people flocking uh, to these areas. Heck, state of Illinois or even here in Chicago, a house party with over a thousand people. So this is where things are, you can't help but get confused. You know, I'm being told to do the right thing by staying home, but yet I, the minute you, you look just a little bit, of, a little bit far, you see that not everybody are following those orders. Even though you know the numbers are going up, more people are, are dying Yet, we are seeing leaders um, make these decisions to go back to what was considered normal just six weeks ago. I don't blame anybody for being confused right now. And President Donald Trump, who, in my opinion, and, and let me share this with you. During a moment of crisis, people will turn to an individual or individuals who they look up to uh, for guidance and leadership. Younger people will look at their parents. You know, when things go wrong, um, most youngsters will go to mom and dad 
and, and want an explanation. A lot of people go to faith leaders, an imam, a rabbi, priest, wanting spiritual guidance. And a lot of people will also go to our political leaders, and especially one single individual, and that is the President of the United States. And the most important part right now for the President is to make sure that you are communicating clearly you know, what is happening, what information is coming in, and also making sure that there is hope. You know, hope is, um, is a very powerful, powerful um, moment for, for people to, to, uh, to, for guidance, for, for spiritual leadership. Uh, this, is, uh, this is an important time for so many people. And uh, right now we count on the president to make sure to give us the right kind of guidance. Now, I've been listening to Donald Trump for a long time, you know, since he's been in office, and I've been very critical of him. But I will be the first to admit that when the president does something good, uh, I'm not the type that always find the wrong in that. I will always praise the president or any political adversary that maybe I don't agree with all the time. But when you do something good, I'm going to call it out and say, hey, that's some good work. Uh, But Donald Trump has been really messing up. There's really no nice way to put it. He's had a lot of bad moments. But I want to share with you a moment uh, that he had last week on Thursday um, when he decided to start literally thinking out loud. And uh, the doctor that he was looking towards, which, again, these are moments that I will never forget, and I know a lot of people uh, who have been paying attention. This, this is, these are moments we will never forget. And this is uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, uh, who... Donald Trump was speaking to at the press conference suggesting uh, that maybe a disinfectant or UV rays is the solution. Take is a solution to COVID-19. Uh, let's listen into this. It's really, again, uh, historically, this will go down as one of the greatest political and presidential blunders in the history of the United States. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or yeah, that's pretty bad uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out. The disinfectant, my goodness. One minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Oh, the look on her face. Injection inside or, or Dr. Burks. Because you see it gets on the lungs and it melting. Does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. I mean, I, I don't wanna I really can't analyze this. Uh, the most uh, the most important thing that the president or a leader can do right now is to communicate clear information. There are no excuses. Um, There is no reason for any leader that's elected by people to not give the information that's given to you from the top scientists and doctors, not just in the country, but in the world. 
And this is where Donald Trump has, has failed. If you want to criticize reporters during press briefings, fine, we'll accept all of them, that, that you have had your scuffles and, and the name-calling, fake news medias, Washington Post, CNN. We've seen it all and heard it all. But in a moment of crisis, if you are still having these petty arguments with reporters when we have thousands of people dying, uh, approaching 60,000, we're at 56,000 deaths right now, and you are still being petty and being childish. I don't think there's any way around this, folks. I think it's time for Donald Trump to step down. He needs to step down from the briefings. He needs to get away from this, the issue of COVID-19. Donald Trump has failed us in a moment of this great crisis. Um, he has done a couple of things that might be positive, but unfortunately his ability to communicate is childish at best. Just recently, you know, the saga continues with Donald Trump. Uh, Trump was sued, actually, just recently over a provision uh, of a coronavirus uh, relief package uh, that would deny uh, people who receive $1,200 if you're married uh, to an immigrant without a Social Security number. They're actually withholding uh, the payment. So recently, there was a lawsuit filed uh, this past Friday. And uh, the name of the person is, is John Doe. Um, and they are seeking, of course, the money because they don't agree with this. And uh, there's a couple of prominent attorneys here in uh, the state of uh, Illinois that are actually leading the way. And uh, one of those people is uh, Vivian Khalef. Vivian is actually uh, a friend of mine. And uh, also, I'm really glad that we have her uh, here on the program. Uh, Vivian, do you hear me? How's everything going today? I can hear you. Great, Rush. How are you? I'm doing well. So, Vivian, I want to ask you right off the bat, um, how did this information uh, come to your attention? Uh, the information regarding the ineligibility? Yes, the ineligibility, uh, filing the lawsuit. It's your, You're one of the law firms. You're one of the lawyers that is, is pursuing this suit. Isn't this correct? That, that is correct. Well, to answer your question, you know, we're following the news very, very carefully. And uh, any coronavirus packages or legislation that's coming out of Washington, D.C. is of great interest to me, not only as an attorney, but to a human, as a human being who has friends and families that are in dire need of this assistance. Yeah. So we were well aware that there were certain provisions in the CARES Act that were problematic just by uh, reading the provisions related to the stimulus checks that were to be distributed to people. Yeah. So, uh, so what does yeah, this mean exactly, Vivian, in terms of the lawsuit? What's the process look like uh, when it comes to filing this? When do you hear back? Uh, I mean, this isn't obviously this is huge that uh, you are you're going you're filing a lawsuit against the president of the United States. Tell people a little bit about the process as to how this is going to play out. Well, first of all, it's a class action lawsuit that's been filed by my firm, along with the law firm of um, my colleague, Lana Nasser, which is uh, Blaze and Nitschke. Um, this came about through a telephone call we received from a client inquiring about the stimulus package and why it is that he does not qualify. 
uh, sure enough, uh, it was uh, came to our attention again, you know, in human terms, because we had a family affected by this, that people, U.S. citizens in particular, in specific, married to immigrants who do not possess social security numbers and only have ITIN numbers, which is the individual taxpayer number that is issued by the IRS to individuals. If you're in that situation and you filed a 2018 and 2019 tax return jointly with that spouse who only has an ITIN number, you're effectively barred and your US citizen children are barred from receiving this stimulus money. So we're representing that class of US citizens. So let me make it clear. Our clients are the US citizens who are affected by what we call a cruel, cruel and unusual carve out of the CARES Act that uh, discriminates against US citizens. And this is discrimination that is unconstitutional. We've uh, got John Doe, who is that plaintiff, that it was courageous enough to agree to file this lawsuit, who actually asked that something be done. Uh, we hope to um, get more class members that qualify to join and participate. The more people, the better, I would imagine, right, Vivian? The more people, the better. There is 1.2 million what we yeah. call mixed status families in the United States. And we are guessing that perhaps half of them uh, qualify as a mixed uh, status family that is ineligible for the stimulus receive, uh, uh, payments on this basis alone, on the basis of who they chose to marry. And that's where the constitutional question comes in. Um, the government cannot and should not be allowed to discriminate against a United States citizen solely on the basis of who he or she chose to marry. So the lawsuit's filed, uh, the class will be certified eventually. We're still in the process of serving uh, the government. We did sue Donald Trump, um, Secretary Mnuchin, and Mitch McConnell are the three named defendants. Okay, let's expand on this. So Mayor Lightfoot um, recently said that all benefits that the people of Chicago will receive, um, immigrants who don't have the proper paperwork, so on and so forth, will also receive those same benefits. Now, I agree with this for people who know uh, when I ran for Congress, this is one of my platform issues. But for a, for one moment, I'm going to play devil's advocate uh, for that somebody who's at home that says, how how in God's name can somebody who doesn't pay their fair share of taxes, as they would put it, uh, receive the same benefits as I do because I'm a tax-paying citizen? Um, how do you respond to somebody at this, you know, when we're in a moment of crisis, for people who are not citizens receiving the same benefits as to people who are? Well, you know, I, I would uh, argue that those people who aren't citizens do in fact pay their fair share of taxes and more. And only, let me tell you why, because they don't reap the benefits of those payments in the long run. They don't get social security when they retire. They're not eligible for a certain, um, you know, care package, for example, like this Corona relief package. Those are their tax dollars that us US citizens are now reaping the benefits of. I'll tell you that at least 80 or 90% of undocumented immigrants in this country pay their taxes and they pay their taxes using these ITIN numbers in the hopes that somehow that is going to benefit them in the long term to rectify their legal status in the United States. So that is uh, not true that undocumented immigrants or immigrants in general do not pay taxes. They probably pay more taxes than uh, those of us who aren't immigrants to this country do. Thank you, Vivian. Vivian Khalaf joining us. She's an attorney with Immigration JD.
Let's expand even more on this with the recent immigration ban. Do you agree with it? And you know, the way I see it, Vivian, is that if he, if if President Donald Trump made this move maybe six, seven weeks ago, and if it was a genuine move to curve coronavirus, uh, I would probably say it was the right decision. But do you believe that this is genuine, or do you believe that he is politicizing the issue of COVID nineteen? Uh, to stop immigrants or the immigration process of people entering the United States. Absolutely. This is just another extension of the anti-immigration policies of this current administration. It started with the, uh, you know, the big, bold, beautiful wall, and then to the Muslim ban, and now to this uh, ban on travel. If the basis for this current executive order was the health crisis in the United States, I would have no qualms with that. But it has no basis in fact, in terms of the economic detriment that he seems uh, to believe that this has caused on account of immigrants. Immigrants are not taking away US jobs. There is no economic justification as he claims for this current executive order. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Vivian. I think um, I think Donald Trump is two minutes too late on any of the issues when it comes to immigration, and um, and I'm with you. And I wish I really wish you the best of luck. I hope this lawsuit goes through. I hope justice is served because I don't think Donald Trump works for people. I don't think it's an issue of him working for the American people. I think everything comes back to uh, one issue and one issue only, and that's how to excite his base. And, uh, and not all of them, but a decent amount uh, of his base are a racist base. And I, I hope that you come out victorious. So do I. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Vivian. We really appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. All right, that was Vivian Khalifas joining us uh, right here on Rise. Oh, it's about us. Rise Up is the other show I did. Okay, well, look, Donald Trump, to me, um, at this point... It's, it's very difficult to trust him. And I think trust matters now more than ever. Uh, I think already when it came to the issue of immigration, when it comes to the issue of serving everyone proudly and equally, uh, I think uh, Donald Trump is not that person. And I do believe that when you make moves uh, denying people their stimulus check, uh, close the borders down six weeks after the fact when you should have done it, uh, you can't help but ask the question, what are your intentions? Are your intentions to work for people to help everyone? Or are you finding different ways to use this COVID-19 as an opportunity to get votes? I hope that people will listen and make the right decision in November. I've been, I've been very critical of Joe Biden. Trust me, I'm, I'm the last person who will have a Joe Biden photo in my office. But I will say that in this given state, that we have to make a decision. Do you want Donald Trump out or not? And if you do, then the decision is simple. We've got to now, more than ever, rally behind Joe Biden. I mean, if if his last performance at the White House briefing, or the one last week, um, you see the way he thinks and the way he presents himself, and how he communicates. If this is who you want as your president, fine, go ahead, vote for him. But if you want to see change, the change is with Joe Biden. And speaking of change, uh, I want everyone to know, you know, when I decided to run for Congress, and one of the reasons is because I love this country. I love the United States. 
You know, I love this flag or what it stands for. And even though I know that people have different opinions about the United States and the flag and our policies, I get it. But I also see the greatness in our country. And the reality is this, we all live here. You know, if, you, if your family you know, came from another country in the 50s or 60s, the truth is you, the, the people that were born here, this, this is your country. And the people who came from another country. So we always have to make sure that we count. When I say we count, when you go sign up for whatever you're signing up for, and there's a form that'll ask what your ethnic background is. You know, I'm an Arab American, and for, for my whole life, I've either had to check other, or I've had to put white. I got a newsflash for everyone. I'm not white. And um, this is something that uh, we have to change. And it's something that we have to change now. And the most important thing is ensuring that we count. And the census 2020 is, um, is out in full force. We have several months to go for people to fill out their forms. And uh, I want to talk more about this because it is a very, very important issue. And I want to talk more with our friend Safe Salama, who works at UIC. Uh, he's also part of the Complete Count Census Committee with the Coalition of Organizations from Chicago, the state of Illinois, uh, Safe is joining us right here on It's About Us. Safe, welcome to the program. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, Ramadan uh, Mubarak, if you're celebrating, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to um, congratulate you on a groundbreaking campaign. Um, it, it was phenomenal, the work that you've done in the Chicago community. And, you know, I know the outcome wasn't what we're looking for, but I think that's, you know, you're setting really the, the, the rules to what's happening. Safe, I, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I want to ask a simple question because a lot of people ask this question, and it's a fair one. Why should people fill out their census? Give it to us in a nutshell. Why is it so critical now more than ever to make sure to fill out that form? Yeah, I mean, the census um, historically has always meant something that, that, individuals, could, that individuals could use to, um, to categorize themselves to, um, to get a complete count of their communities, but, all, but it also has different aspects. We're talking about one, you know, you want to know how many individuals live in the community, live in a locality, but there's also, you want um, political representation in a certain community because the census does determine how boundaries do get set up. And then the last part is um, in an emergency, you want um, different agencies to know how many individuals um, are in a certain place. Okay, so you're, you're Arab American, I'm Arab American. What's our status right now? Where do we stand um, when it comes to the census, when it comes to receiving these type of benefits or accommodations that you're, you're speaking of? Yeah, I mean, um, well, we're identified as white. And, and like you said before, we're not white. Um, and then, you know, the census has categorized people from the Middle East, especially out of white, um, since the early 1940s and 1960s. This was done because um, the data the that were coming back then in, in that time period were looking for um, naturalization rights. They were looking to get citizenship. And one path was, was when one path to do that was categorizing themselves as white. But things have changed now. You know, we're seeing new trends of immigration. We're seeing new trends of people come to America who don't have the financial um, stability that other folks came, you know, came here with. And they don't, you know, they don't receive the resources that the the white community does um, receive. And not to talk about, you know, we, we mentioned white privilege many times, but 
you know, when we talk about white privilege, we're talking about access to education, we're talking about access to scholarships, we're talking about access to um, health care. And so Absolutely. these are all different things that the census determines. Yeah, I think this is where the, the biggest problem, and, it, and by the way, it's not just with the Arab American community, it's a lot with minority communities. We tend to be upset. We tend to, well, I'm going to say the word, we tend to complain. And we complain and complain and complain as to why things are the way they are. And there's two important things that people have to do if they really want to see change. And it's nothing dramatic. Number one, you have to vote to be civically engaged, to make sure that if you're not happy with the elected officials, that you vote against them and make sure to support the people that support what is best for the communities and what is best when it comes to human rights and justice. But the other one, without question, is when the census comes up, you have to make sure to fill out the form. And I want to ask you, you're part of the Complete Count Committee, um, and I want your honesty right now. How are things going with engaging the community? Um, when they did, I, I believe it was 10 years ago, the last time they did it, and I'll be honest with you, Safe, the Arab American community was, I would say, lukewarm at best because they're still not understanding everything we just talked about, about all the benefits and all the, the positives and the negatives when you don't fill out the, the census. So you know, what's the reaction this time around? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think, you know, previously it wasn't the it wasn't the lack of knowledge. I think it was more of, you know, the lack of resources and the lack of advocacy. And so at Arab American Family Services, you know, this is the initiative that we're taking is, you know, we're we're phone banking, we're knocking on people's doors, we're um, we're doing, you know, we're doing census uh, events and programs and you know, these events are really meant to to get, you know, one, it is to educate the community, but two is to really mobilize them, really get them to think about different aspects that the, the census plays into like our, our daily lives. Now, um, the census, you know, it happens like, it happens every every 10 years, right? And then it determines funding for different organizations for those 10 years. Actually, the census is um, one of the largest mandated bills that the Congress pays for. It's a average of $15 billion, which is a lot of money. And so, this money is can be used for our communities as long as we are able to you know make sure that that we tell the government that we exist we are here we are in america and um we're not white and there are different struggles that we face that need to be addressed um and so like i said before you know we need uh we need political representation we need um we need resources for our hospitals our schools our roads and public services but also in an emergencies we need to we need to tell who's um, who's getting affected and who's not. And so to relate this actually to COVID-19 when we're talking about coronavirus, um, the 2010 census data is actually being used to tell um, different racial um, racial equities and disparities in the Chicagoland region. And so like when we use this data to see who's being affected by different viruses, who's being affected by different um, you know natural disasters as well. Yeah, all right, safe. So let's go with the plug, my friend. Uh, for people who need to get on right now, it is urgent now more than ever to make mm -hmm. sure that we are counted. And, and this is not just for, it's for all groups who want to be counted. Now, where can they go right now and, and, and fill out that form? Where can they go? Right. Um, so the, the census um, has been extended to the end of August. Um, but we want to make sure that folks fill out the census right now. You know, you are in Ramadan for folks who are, you know, um, who are going, who are experiencing Ramadan. 
we do have some free time, I guess, in the day. So make sure to fill out the census. A lot of free time safe. It sounds like we got, you have Ramadan and you have COVID quarantine. You got nothing but you and your computer. Yeah. I mean, or your iPhone, your tablet. And I mean, the census, you know, it doesn't take long. It's a nine question sur uh, survey asking how many individuals live in the household, what race and ethnicity you identify as, and just um, different questions about, um, I believe, you know, age and factors like that. Um, it doesn't take too long. You can do the survey um, online. You can also do it through the phone. And then if you don't do it in those two methods, there's a strong possibility, given that coronavirus, you know, is, is resolved in a matter in the summer, um, there's a strong possibility that someone will visit your household um, and ask those questions in person. So right. save yourself the trouble, you know, do the census online, census.gov, or, or do it through the phone, get those questions in. And, it um, took me three minutes. It, I did it, it a couple it, weeks it, ago. It took like three minutes. Felt yeah. good about it as well. And also, Safe, it's a pleasure to work with you in the Complete Count Committee. Some of you may have noticed uh, we just started a campaign that's uh, a social media campaign that's going to be running throughout uh, the month of Ramadan called Count Me In, Count Us In. And it's a social media campaign that I'm very proud to work with because I think this is so important. Um, two things, like I said, that are so important when it comes to being involved and caring. Um, it's to make sure that you're civically engaged or you have to make sure you count by filling out the census. Safe, I appreciate it, man. It's it's really nice meeting you, and I yeah. wish you all the best, and uh, I hope if thought you got a good meal lined up for you tonight. Thank you. Thank all you right. for the chance to speak. Thank, Thank you, me. my friend. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. Safe, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on, and thank you so much, Vivian, for coming on as well. I just want to have one message for everyone out there. Um, kindness and love is always going to be the key in moments like right now, uh, and we have to make sure that we, we do believe in hope. Uh, I, it's unfortunate that our president is missing that, but information is important, and having hope matters as well. And... Um, this is uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad time, but also an opportunity for us to reflect and be able to help in any way we can. Heck, for me, it's, it's doing this podcast and, and trying to communicate with you all. And you know, I wish you all nothing but the highest level of safety and, and understanding that um, these are some tough times, but we're going to get through them. So thank you all so much. God bless you all. Take care, and we'll send out the link to listen to the replay of It's About Us with Rush. Have a great day, everyone.